Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal, editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Have you ever pondered the awesome power of the internet and wondered, how can I use this tool to come up with something that will revolutionize a sector of the economy? If you were born before the internet era, like a lot of us, you probably have. And you probably haven't been able to come up with something yet. Today, I have two entrepreneurs who have defied the odds and are completely reinventing the way we do business in debt collection and in real estate. One of my guests is Stephanie Hoskins, owner of Dettel, a cloud-based platform that enables organizations and individuals to easily and efficiently negotiate and settle their overdue invoices and bad debt accounts in a transparent and frictionless manner. This may be just as significant an invention as the fountain of youth or a perpetual motion machine. How does Dettel do it? Well, essentially, it lets the cloud-based software do the negotiating, and that takes the uncomfortable, icky, personal stuff out of these situations. Stephanie co-founded the company in 2019. Her career in corporate finance and strategy spans over a decade, and she has three degrees in finance. She is passionate about financial inclusion, volunteering, and her family, which includes her co-founder and husband, Houston. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thank you. With me and Stephanie on Zoom today is Barrett Blondo, founder and owner of Falaya, a DIY real estate listing platform that enables buyers and sellers to handle an entire transaction from the listing to negotiating the contract all on their own. Say goodbye to your real estate broker. Falaya automates the process, property disclosures, scheduling, and contract negotiation, and can refer customers to an expert if one is needed. Barrett knows about this business from the perspective of a broker. He worked as one for several years before founding Falaya in 2018. In the years since, it has grown and also raised some attention from competitors out there who were threatened enough to force Falaya, which used to be called something else, to change their name. Barrett is a native of Baton Rouge who earned his business degree and his MBA from LSU. Barrett, thanks so much for joining me on Out to Lunch today. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Well, Stephanie, I'm going to start with you. Let's go back to Dettel for a minute because it is such a really great idea. I mean, if you can get people to settle bad debt, that is about as important as a fountain of youth or a perpetual motion machine. Where did you come up with this idea and how does it work? Yeah. So um, in my career, I worked, I spent a lot of time in healthcare finance and um, I would see patients calling into our frontline staff desperately trying to negotiate and settle their own overdue medical bills. But uh, we just had no process in place that could handle either the volume of the calls or really um, just some, some of the risk of you know, enabling employees to settle debts. Um, and so there just was no solution. And, and from the you know, finance side of it, I was very frustrated because I knew they were offering us 
a lot more than what we were going to end up collecting on you know, much later down the road. So the problem always bothered me. Um, and I, I saw it from the consumer side too. When I had a friend who um, a debt collector called to settle a debt and she had the money and she was willing to do it. And she said, okay, you just put that in writing first. And they refused saying, no, you have to pay us first. And then I saw the whole thing break down. Um, and, and so that's when I realized there were really two pieces of this puzzle that if we could solve and streamline, we would be able to, to kind of clear up this problem and make it easy um, to, for individuals and the, the people they owe to settle directly with one another. Wow. Great idea. And I want to hear how it works, but Barrett, I want to bring you into the conversation because, you know, I mean, utilizing the internet to help with real estate um, transfers is, is not a new idea. I mean, people have been using it as a listing service almost since the beginning, but you have taken it into an entirely different level. Yeah. I mean, just as a real estate broker, I started noticing that consumers wanted more and more control, transparency, um, and uh, efficiency in the process, right? So uh, that's kind of what we kind of, our mantra is, and it allows sellers to input their listing information that goes out to all the major sites. And then we have good software to develop and move people efficiently and effectively throughout the entire sales process, connecting them with lenders, title companies, everybody to move them towards the end of closing. The for sale by owner market uh, really hasn't been served by technology. Uh, that's the problem. The technology has been aimed at the agent or the broker or um, at Zillow, right? Um, so it hasn't really been focused at the actual seller. Uh, and that's where we kind of differentiate ourselves. And we're, you know, going from the flimsy for sale by owner sign that you're shipped and a good luck to a technology that's going to drive efficiency and connect people uh, with what they need when they need it. And you really can, um, you can negotiate the entire process through Falaya without having to engage an agent at any point if you want to. I mean, if it's if it's straightforward and simple. Right. We've had that happen between a uh, builder and a, a buyer uh, where it was a direct uh, contract negotiation and uh, saved the consumer and the builder um, almost $70,000 on the transaction. So um, it, it's a lot of dollars being saved and a lot of uh, efficiencies being driven into the process. So, Stephanie, let me bring you back in now. I mean, because it, I feel like we're, we're sort of talking, you know, along parallel tracks here with your, with your two companies. H- how did you take the, the people out of, a, out of a, you know, a bad debt sort of negotiation? How does the technology step in and, and take care of that process for the users? Yeah. And so the people aren't completely eliminated. They're just able to kind of asynchronously um, address these negotiations and not have to worry about tracking the other person down, getting them on the phone, following up, making sure they have the money, you know, making sure they're going to get their settlement agreement. Um, And so we're able to automate a lot of the process. Um, You know, one of the things we can automate is the, the invitation to negotiate. So companies can set a parameter such as, okay, anything that's over 120 days past due, auto-invite to Dettle, and then auto-start the negotiation at 65% of what they owe. Auto-accept anything that comes in over 35%, auto-generate that settlement letter. So the whole process can be automated from the company's side, so it's just adding money to their bottom line. But from the end user, the individual side, um, their, their side is not automated. You know, So they get this invitation they get to see, they can counter offer, they can message directly if there's a dispute or some confusion about the bill. 
Um, and then, you know, they, they end up paying it and making sure, you know, they confirm their settlement agreement before accepting that so that they have sort of that trust um, and transparency in the process uh, so that they know that once this is settled, it, it's done, this is off their credit record. Um, you know, this is, this is a great step in the right direction of their financial health and wellness. That is so interesting. And I guess there's probably a lot of psychology that goes into, into these kind of negotiations because it sounds like what your software is doing is really not all that sophisticated. It's just kind of keeping people on track and continuing to keep the lines of communication open. Is, is that such a hard thing to do without the help of a, of a program like this? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and it, it enables organizations, you know, to set those parameters and know that their frontline staff will be following it. Because you can imagine the risk that would come if you enabled people to negotiate and settle debts. Now, all of a sudden, you know, they're settling all of their friends and family's debts for almost nothing, um, you know, or, or maybe taking payment under the table. It, it definitely opens up a lot of risk, which is why most healthcare organizations and banks and schools even and property managers, it's so hard for them to try to negotiate, you know, enable you to negotiate directly with them. And and Barrett, um, with Falaya, you said a few minutes ago that, that um, you said that, you know, these platforms had not been really designed for the for sale by owner market. And I, I seem to remember a while back there there was like a for sale by owner platform. I guess there still is, but mostly now when you're on Zillow or Realtor.com, it's all it's all MLS listings with realtors and brokers. So you're really targeting the the for sale by owner market, right? Yeah, I would say that's definitely where we're targeting um, in kind of our beachhead or target market. But I would say we're seeing a lot of success with real estate investors and contractors. Uh, because they do a lot of deals per year. So they don't necessarily need a full service broker. They know the process. They've done 10, 20 deals a year. Uh, you know, those guys really are taken to our, our software because it, it's just efficient and effective and gives them exactly what they need when they need it. Um, and so, you know, it's very similar to what she's doing. We're trying to connect people at the right points and make it efficient and effective to move them towards closing, right? With the people that they need when they need it. Um, so very, very similar paths between uh, the two companies here. That's so great. Being a real estate broker yourself, um, I mean, you know what's needed, but did you know how to write the software? Did you hire this out or was there something you could buy off the shelf and sort of customize or how did that work? So this, this has been custom developed by us. Um, we did partner with a company out of New Orleans uh, called Revel Revelry at first. Um, that didn't really work out. Um, we ended it, uh, that in 2018 um, and then went with Novatus, who's at the LA Tech Park uh, right now. And they've uh, been a great partner and Randall Dackman with us um, that uh, has really been a successful partnership and has allowed us to honestly leverage um, a really great network of developers and talent to bring this to market. That's great. So are y'all, um, I mean, do either of y'all use artificial intelligence in your, in your software, your programs? Because it seems like that would sort of be implicit in, in what you've developed. Um, yeah, so Duddle, um, as we gain more data uh, and more clients and we're able to analyze their data, then we're able to use some AI or machine learning algorithms to kind of help guide our clients with, you know, patient propensity to pay or 
um, what is a good, you know, counter negotiation to this amount and, and just some guidance overall um, on that. And so we don't currently have um, a ton of data yet. So with AI and machine learning, it just kind of improves as your data grows. Um, and so we are anticipating that to become more and more important um, for our product. And I wanted to add too, we also, we used Revelry oh, wow. <laughs> um, for our first version. Yeah. And we, I mean, we had an amazing experience with them. They were by far um, the lowest prices. Like people can't believe what we were able to build Duddle for. Um, and it was all thanks to, to Revelry. And we still keep in touch with them. We have hired um, a senior and junior developer, but, um, you know, we still, we still keep in touch with Revelry and, and kind of work with them on additional things that our team can't tackle on their own. It's great. What about y'all, Barrett? I mean, is there an AI component to this? Yeah, I, I would just say that's on our product roadmap. Um, we will be doing that. It's the same thing that she's speaking on. You need data, right? So, um, and, and for that, you need more and more listings. And, you know, we're early. We're 62 listings in. Um, as we get more and more and see more purchase agreements going back and forth between buyers and sellers and how all that works out, maybe, you know, we can uh, help with that and leverage some of that data. But um, and to Revelry's point, we've had we had a great experience with them, and they're doing some really cool stuff with junior developers and uh, some cool stuff that they're doing with um, fundraising as well um, out there with them. So they're doing some cool stuff. How do you get listings on your site? Yeah, so um, we're going through you know Google Ads, social media marketing. Um, we have done uh, digital. We've done some print. Um, we've, you know, pretty much, uh, done those type of things. We're also connecting with the builders association, real estate investing groups and, uh, contracting groups, um, so that they can be aware of this. Cause we see that's a big user adoption quickly and an easier market for them to, uh, adopt it because they do it day in, day out. Uh, they already know it. Right. Um, and that's our target market is somebody that's bought and sold three homes, um, you know, is trying to move up into that you know, forever home and needs every dollar down for the next dream home. Um, and they need that cash, right? Um, or a builder or an investor. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Barrett Blondeau of Falaya and Stephanie Hoskins of Dettel. Stephanie, what about you? How how are you making advertising Dettel services? Yeah, um, and it's a little bit different because we're focused on B2B right now. So we're selling to businesses versus individual consumers. Um, but so our, our main thing is if we can get in front of the person at the organization who deals with this problem, we have a pretty high buy-in rate. For that. So it really comes down to how do we get Duddle in front of them? You know, we utilize LinkedIn, emails, um, even things like this, uh, interviews and, and articles about Duddle. We usually will pick up a couple leads. Um, someone will be listening that says, you know, I, I think I could use this. Um, and so that, that's been really beneficial, I think, to you. Um, so that's pretty much yeah. mostly how we, we reach out. Now, are you here in Baton Rouge, Stephanie? So I am not. Um, we actually um, moved to Sheboygan County, Wisconsin, um, in July. Wow! So, so not so so a homegrown business that that didn't stay home. Yes, correct. Yeah, I lived in New Orleans for 15 years. You know, went to LSU for six years. Um, I absolutely love Southeast Louisiana. Um, but you know, we just 
we had to give Duddle the best chance. And unfortunately, it, it really wasn't um, working out in, in Louisiana. And so we were able to find a lot more opportunities by making the move. And after considering lots of like hot spots like Austin and Miami and Boulder, we ultimately chose Northeast Wisconsin um, because there's just a lot of exciting things happening up here and a lot of access to capital customers and community, which I, I think are like the top three things startups need. So, Sue, I mean, even though you're like a, a virtual company, you need you need to be in a, in a community where you feel there's more receptivity to your idea? Um, well, yeah, this, this startup world, um, you know, when you're on your own and you're an entrepreneur, uh, you really rely heavily on your community. Um, and so things like mentorship, advisors, you know, in, in introductions to potential clients, introductions to venture funding, um, those things are what startups need to, to thrive. And in Louisiana, we just, you know, we, we were all in, you know, we, we, my husband and I, we both sat on boards of different charities. I mean, we were really um, involved in the neighborhood activities and, and the cities. And so we were very heartbroken when it just felt like every door was slammed in our face. Um, and so when COVID happened and um, the communities in Louisiana didn't, they didn't go virtual. Uh, maybe they are now, but I mean, I was never, you know, the communities that we were going to in-person events, like that was just taken away. And it was right when we were getting started. And when you're getting started and this is your first startup, you really, you really lean on a lot of, of advice and guidance from other entrepreneurs. And um, the capital thing, I don't think is as important because now that everything's virtual, you know, you can easily have a meeting with a venture fund anywhere in the country. But the customer thing is crucial. Those first five customers for a startup is, I mean, that that's what takes you to the next level. So interesting. And and Barrett, I, I suppose Baton Rouge has been good good for you. You you recently changed the name. Um, Falaya used to be called something else. Maybe, um, you know, when a competitor goes after your name, that means that you're doing something right. And you're obviously attracting attention and growing enough to be some sort of a threat to somebody. Yeah, I was just a weird coincidence of timing and name. Their site didn't launch till April 2020. We had been in development since 2018. It was just a influx of just timing of names. And they had beat us first in the commerce by a couple months. Uh, but they were a local brokerage and didn't have a website and didn't have a trademark. So there was no way to know. And Falaya is just a great name because it's tied to Louisiana from a Chafalaya and it means long river. And we see the real estate process flowing smoothly and efficiently, again, from beginning to end, connecting the people just like a river, right? And connecting them to lenders, title companies, alarm companies. Uh, my son's name is also Rivers, um, which kind of ties back and, and has roots to Louisiana. Um, and then what I would say, you know, to piggyback off of, you know, having companies in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I'd love to use this as a point, is that we really have to focus on being able to attract the talent and retain the talent. I think a tax credit or something for startups that allows entrepreneurs and, and, and capital, quite honestly, to flow into Louisiana in this time with the exodus from uh, San Fran and all these places is extremely important, just like we did for the movie industry. And uh, back in the you know 2000s, we need to try to do this for the technology industry and it can transform Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and the state of Louisiana. I think that's really what needs to happen in order to retain our talent. 
And I mean, we have people working on this. Everybody's, oh, yeah. when I say a lot of people have said this, but y'all don't feel like it's happening fast enough or to a great enough extent. Well, it's like you're, you're trying to survive, right? So to her point, I launched Unlocked. It was called Unlocked in uh, March of 2020. Uh, 14 days later, they shut down the economy. I mean, the real estate market for a whole month, right? So that's not really when you want to start a real estate company, right? So you're trying to survive and it's just a survival thing uh, to do the best you possibly can. Yeah. And, and one thing that Louisiana has is, is there are a lot of people working on this, but it's an oddly competitive environment. And other communities have been able to harness the various, you know, entrepreneurial ecosystems and, and have everybody working collaboratively. Um, and I always felt like there's a, just like strange, you know, a lot of people working on it, but they're all doing the same thing, wanting their initiative to be the winner versus, you know, you own this, you own this, you own this, and we're not going to be so siloed and we're all going to work together and connect the ecosystem. Silos are a problem in Louisiana. <laughs> Always have been. Well, that's the, I would, what I would say is software development is expensive, right? Um, Revelry, all these companies, even Revelry, who's competitive with their pricing is expensive. Um, what I would say is there needs to be a tax credit to lower that, to draw in talent, and then we flow in cash for that, right? It really needs to happen. And there are some programs already available, but they're not substantial enough to move the needle at this point. Um, and they need to be a little bit bigger if we really want to retain some of the talent and grow these connections and, and the businesses and technology is going nowhere right so this is the future and it really needs to be addressed and i think that that maybe tax credits and this is what i pitch everywhere to every state tax credits to companies for trying these new products that are in their own state or community like i mean i you know louisiana has very innovative companies but they are piloting softwares and technology from out of state and not giving the local companies um really like a chance to, to pilot there. Barrett, do y'all have tech people working for you or have you just hired software firms to do your tech work? So at, at this point, we are, you know, they've been working for me for two years at this point, but uh, they are underneath a different umbrella than my company. I do pay them, you know, they're not internal um, at this point. You see yourself staying in Louisiana with yes. Falaya? My, my family's here. I don't see me moving at any point anytime soon. Um, I think you can build a company. I really do believe you can build a company anywhere at this point, especially with the more and more virtual it's become. Uh, but I do think you need, we do need capital and we do need an influx of, um, it is hard to, com you're competing against the people. Like I got second place at idea pitch and lost by one vote. And that little bit of $50,000 investment and the New Orleans community recognizing me um, would have springboarded me on, but I was competing against that. And it's just, we don't, and that's the biggest pitch competition in Louisiana, right? So we just need more of that and more recognition and more people coming in. It was really hard during COVID, right? Because those typical things, I would have been at New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, rubbing elbows with the right people and talking to the right people. And that didn't really happen, right? So you're, you're hearing that through a lens of somebody that didn't exactly get the full, I got COVID that slowed me down a little bit, you know, type of thing. Yeah, and I think like the accelerators and funds, they're meant to, to help these early, early stage companies, but they're not helping 
the earliest stage of companies. They're helping um, once you're more established and, and frankly, you can get capital from out of state at that point. Um, and so I, th I think like more directed towards the earliest stage where you need those resources the most. And with the pitch competitions, um, yeah, LSU has an annual one and they had to cancel it because of COVID. And it's really sad because, you know, we were expected to place in that, and that would have just springboarded double, I mean, just like a year ahead of where we, you know, we ended up. Um, and then it, when I ended up representing LSU in the SEC pitch competition, you know, we placed third, um, which was their first time finishing in the top three finals, but the other companies, their schools had those pitch competitions. Mm -hmm. so they had that influx of capital. And so we were already at a disadvantage there. Wow. Well, Stephanie Hoskins and Barrett Blondo, y'all have given us a lot to think about. I wish we had more time to dig deeper into this into this fascinating story and some of the issues that y'all have identified. But it's great to see homegrown talent growing tech companies, whether they stay here or move on. It's been a pleasure visiting with you today. Thank you so much for joining me and for taking time to share your insights with us on Out to Lunch. Thanks, yes, Stephanie. Thank you so much. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Stephanie Hoskins of Dettel and Barrett Blondo of Falaya. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Dettel and Falaya by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. We're going to go back to hosting Out to Lunch around the lunch table at Mansur's on the Boulevard one day. In the meantime, you can go there. Mansur's is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for its Baton Rouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Ann Edelman, and Bill Ellison. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.